Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. And now, here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. You're listening to episode 188. I am thrilled to be here with you as you're driving to work today, as you're driving home today, as you're working in your garden, as you're uh, working out. All those things that you're doing that you have shared with me, how we have spent so much time together, and I just feel like I've come to know you so well. I appreciate the fun that we've had, and I appreciate that you've really enjoyed my show, and I know why you've enjoyed it. Part of it is that soft, sultry voice that I use when I want to get really close and personal with you. But the real reason is, is because I have awesome guests. And today is nothing different because my guest, who's been on the show before, and I butchered his name last time. We're going to get it right this time. It's Dave Sokolowski. Dave, Yay. how did I do? Yeah, good. Perfect. Should I put it O, Sokolowski? Or... It depends on whether you're from the Midwest or from California. Sokolowski's fine. Sokolowski. Okay, Dave, thanks. And welcome back to the show. Welcome. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Last time you were here, we had fun talking about you educating me and and the listeners who are listening over my shoulder right now all about Cthulhu and that kind of that weird world that a lot of us just don't get. And uh, that was great. I appreciated you doing that. Sure. Have you been on since then? No. Oh, well, then I'm glad you came back because you have a Kickstarter project going on out there. And I wanted to have you come back and talk a little bit because you and I know each other. You are um, – we're local to each other. We've been talking now for quite a while as you got ramped up to your Kickstarter. I did a workshop that you attended on mm -hmm. uh, Kickstarter. And I think that you and I – I have been a part of your journey to this point the whole way. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. So this is great to kind of help our listeners, some who have been the same thing, but for you to share some insights. Let's talk real quick about your project. It's on Kickstarter. If you're listening, the project ends February 14th, Friday, February 14th. So if you are listening to this after the 14th, it's not out there. Well, it's out there, but you can't pledge. It, what's it called? He Who Laughs Last. It's a Cthulhu Dark role-playing game scenario, contemporary murder mystery set in Los Angeles. Okay. It is uh, a role-playing game. And if they can't back it on Kickstarter, where do they go to find it? So Weird 8, with 8 being the number 8, uh, you can track me down on there. I'll, I'll be getting more Weird more 8 stuff where? Weird 8.com, Weird eight okay, sorry. Perfect. Weird8.com, thank you. Yes. Weird8.com. So that's where they can track it down. Perfect. Yeah. So, so yeah. let's talk about... Uh, Kickstarter and your journey to this point um, mm. and what you've learned and that kind of thing. Because when you and I first kind of came into contact, when did you kind of experience Kickstarter and start to have these questions that I have helped answer for you along the path? Well, you know, I'm an aspiring writer in many, many different ways. And having not obviously, you know, made it big in my 20s, <laughs> 20 years ago. Uh, right. <laughs> clearly. No, I, I, you watched, I, as, whether it's be a writer or a writer of fiction, a writer of, of role-playing games, you watched the digital revolution happen and kind of change the playing field. And so I've been doing Kickstarter for, I guess, about two years, two and a half years, something like that. And so you begin to see the change in board games. I'm a, I'm a big board game fan and a big, and role-playing, changing this whole crowdfunding. Um, suddenly, it was, it, it was okay, I don't have to find a publisher, and I don't even have to go and do, like, a 
self-printing thing and try to sell my own books, which just kind of sounds dumb and, and a weird way of doing it. When, I f- when you and I first met and you were sort of talking about what you were into with crowdfunding and Kickstarter, it really sort of sparked some ideas of like, no, I think, I think this is right around the corner for me. Um, I have, I have, I'm going to take a project. I'm going to put it on Kickstarter. It's going to succeed. And this is going to kick off my nascent writing career. And basically, so what you're saying is that it took away some of those barriers that you were holding in your head of like, Oh, I can't pursue this because this obstacles in the way that obstacles in the way and that obstacles in the way. Absolutely. I I think that, you know, going back to some of your conversations with Seth Godin. So Seth Godin, you know, made it makes an interesting point about crowdfunding and, you know, obviously finding your crowd, finding your tribe is very important. When I looked at what I wanted to do with my writing career, I didn't have a lot of people clamoring for my fiction necessarily, but I did have a crowd that I was a part of for, you know, Lovecraft Cthulhu role playing. That's yogsothoth.com. And that's a large community. I've been a part of it for seven years. I've written a couple of extensive gaming journals. So knowing that I had that, knowing that publishing a scenario was something that I enjoy, something that I could be bring my own passion to, it's not necessarily easy, but it's, it's low-hanging fruit. It's something that I, th- I knew that I could do and I could be successful at. Okay, so let's talk about that, this whole tribe thing, because I pound on it. You know, I'm a big fan of Seth as well. Seth pounds on it. Um, but there, and, and I think you and I have talked about somebody puts out a, a Kickstarter project. You can tell if they have a tribe pretty quickly, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with, I mean, it's it just to the point, like I remember it was, it was eye opening, and it's probably been six, nine months since I first heard the stat of like, you need to be at 30% in your first 48 hours or whatever that that stat is your your chances are pretty high and i remember just being absolutely intimidated by that but the the point there is you the pre-work that you need to do before you publish and especially something like a role-playing game but but pretty much anything the amount of pre-work that you need to do you need the people who would, are are interested in what you're doing need to know about it ahead of time you know that that's just a basic fact and whether Yes, you can rely on your friends, and I certainly had you know a couple of dozen friends come out and support me, but I also had you know another three or four dozen people who i didn 't know that was the greatest that 's of course the greatest thrill was right. oh hey there 's somebody i don 't know and they 're bidding on oh there 's another one you know, and they 're pledging you know so, so i, I want to address this because um people who have listened to my show have commented that in the early days, I said, "Just go do it." And then over time, it was like, well, don't just go do it. Uh, do all this preparation before you just go do it. And um, I, I've thought about that and where I stand on this, just go do it or how much preparation you put into it. Because you asked, when do you know you have the right amount of crowd, right? Right. So I think one of the things that is slowly being changed by Kickstarter and the success is, is that in the past, you, me, whichever one of us had a dream or a passion that felt that money was in the way, really saw it as an all or nothing type proposition. We were going to get one shot, right? If you went out and published that book on your own, you got one shot. Right. And you had very little um, – Because why did you have one shot? Because you put it out there and then whatever f- came back, 
you got to capture that a little bit, but you only had one shot. And what Kickstarter has, and, and I saw this mentality early on in the Kickstarter uh, universe, um, in the, particularly in 2011, that people just thought that this was it. They had one shot, they were going to put this project up there, and that was it. And they had to get all of it right there. Um, and instead what's happening is, is that I'm realizing that no, it's not one shot. This is not a bubble. This isn't going to go away. This isn't the only time. And so I just had an episode with, um, uh, Jamie Stegmeier where we talked about this, uh, making decisions in Kickstarter campaigns because you're going to keep building on the success for your next one. And so for your, in your case, right here, you kept thinking, okay, you want to be a writer. You got that one shot to go out and, and write that thing. But now you just went and, in some ways, just went and did it and made it small, made it focused, made it successful because now what's stopping you from using this as a launching platform for the next one? Exactly. You know, that, that was, I was actually on the fence because I've listened to a ton of your podcasts, but I've also, I'm also a huge Seth Godin fan and, and you know, listen to his, your interview with him. He's talking a lot about tribes. I mean, he, when he did his Kickstarter for the Icarus Deception, which I read and was, which was very inspiring. I mean, he basically said, look, you need to spend two to three years building your tribes and you, and before you go out there. And yet you're, just to your point, your early ones are like, no, just get out there. And I, I think that, I, I think that, of course, like everything else in, in life, it's, it's a matter of degrees. What, where do you feel confident enough to take the chance? You have to be smart about it. You have to, and you have to do the work. That's what I think is the critical part. And I think both, I think Seth would agree with me. You have to do the work. You have to go out there. I spent – when I decided in September to do this Kickstarter, so what is that, six months, seven months, something like that, You know, I got a blog going. I got a, you know, a Twitter account going. I did a lot of work. I did a lot of writing. I did a lot of reaching out. I had already been a part of a community for five years. There, you have to do the work. There's going to be a point – nothing in life is guaranteed, but – there's going to be a point where you say, okay, I've done as much preparation as I can and I'm just going to pull the trigger. But to your point, you know, you, you have to, you have to have done the work. You can't just, you can't just do the work on the project. You have to have done the work on the crowd part. Right. As I say, uh, crowdfunding is like crowd surfing. Yes. If there's no crowd, when you launch, it's going to be a painful, you know, flat on your face. It, it, it boggles my mind. I mean, I don't feel like, I mean, the, the lessons that I learned from you and Jamie, I mean, really, the, you both have so many lessons. And if people are going to do a Kickstarter and they haven't listened to most of your podcasts and they haven't gone and read most of Jamie's, I, I, that's not, I guess that's just not how I live my life. I don't understand why you would do that. And of course, we're speaking to your audience, so everyone who's listening to this is nodding, going, oh no, it sounds, that makes a lot of sense. Well, that's right, because <laughs> I've been right. That's pretty right. But I, I just don't know how you can go as an RPG writer, which is great, and think that you're going to go and publish this and ask for 10 grand, and you don't have, you haven't done the work, and you haven't tapped into a crowd, and you haven't listened. I mean, the most important thing that I heard from you early on was, hey, you need to be able to nail down a third, what is it, a third of your funding in the first 48 hours, whatever that stat is. Right. You know, when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, that's the challenge. There's a milestone. There's your goal. Yeah. Go, f go solve yes. that problem. Don't figure out how to raise all the money. Yeah. Just figure out how to raise this percentage in this amount of time. And then the rest of it will start to come naturally.
to to defend those people, not that they need defending, but I can be in their head a little bit because what's the challenge? I understand my product, whatever that product might be. I kind of understand how much money I need, kind of, kind of. And I say kind of because oftentimes it's hard to say how much I want versus how much I need. Those two get in confusion. But what seems to a lot of people, and I've been in this industry a long time, what I'm talking about, and that is from a marketing standpoint, the ability to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and understand how your message resonates with them Mm -hmm. is a learned skill. And so oftentimes when you have somebody who's really focused, their learned skills are how do I write a great game, make a great music, you know, CD, how do I make a great film? The ability to to create a skill set that says how do I build a network is as foreign to them as me trying to learn how to do what their skill set is. Sure. And so sometimes what they do is they're like, well, I don't know how, so I'll just put it up there. And even the idea that I can go learn how is a foreign idea to them, that they could go listen to somebody else talk or go read um, some great blogs by Jamie Stegmaier is a foreign concept. So I can kind of see where they're coming. But let's, let's, let me address this point because some people might be listening and saying, yeah, that's me. I, 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 I can't. So here, here's somebody – when people talk about the difference between canceling and uh, failing on a Kickstarter campaign – this, this comes up because I still urge people, just go try it. Just go do it. And then what happens if you fail? Well, what happens if you fail? If you let the Kickstarter campaign run its course and just rewind, grind down to failure, the next time somebody s- searches for your campaign, mm-hmm. that failed campaign will come up. Failed to fund. Yeah. But... If you launch a campaign and cancel it, Kickstarter and their magic doesn't make that searchable. The URL still works to the campaign, but it's no longer searchable. It will no longer come up. And so I laugh because I tell people, why are you worried about canceling the campaign? Well, because it's going to look bad. Look bad to who? Well, and this is when I ask them, you mean it's going to look bad to all these people who you haven't been able to attract to your campaign and haven't pledged? You mean the very people you can't find, right? Mm. The reason you're failing, you might be failing because you lack a message, but you're probably failing because you lack a crowd. And so if you're worried about looking bad to the very crowd that you can't find, (laughs) well, that's kind of silly. So what are you doing? Launch. And one of the things is is that now launch and cancel. Um, In the gaming space, Days of Wonder is a major player. In the board game space. Absolutely. They launched a Kickstarter campaign. Mark Kaufman was on the show. They canceled it. Now, it was going to fund, but they canceled it. And I said, Mark, why'd you cancel? Because they were realizing that their messaging wasn't right, that it was com- causing confusion. And this was through engagement on the comments and everything. They learned something from their campaign. And what they learned was this, even though we're going to raise the money, it's going to leave a lot of confusion in a lot of people's minds. Let's cancel, retool it, refocus, relaunch, which they did. And it was very successful, and they funded their money. Now, this is a, this is a well-established company with well-established customers, a well-established brand, and they even recognized, oh, we learned something, and we retooled, and we relaunched, and, and we made that work. Kudos to them, because we've seen other major companies do a project that got out of hand and got crazy, ogre, 
and yeah. and and couldn't <laughs> and couldn't figure out how to pull back and reset that thing. Yeah. Um. And so it, there's there's lots to learn by. I I will stand, continue to stand by the just launch um, with the caveats that you've brought up. Obviously, to say, well, you should do some research on that. Well, well. We, you know, there's different various tropes in Kickstarter and crowdfunding is still so new. It's something you've brought up a couple of times, and, and the, the I guess it was, you know, was it seven or eight months ago when we had our sort of little mini seminar, and it's come up a few times, but it's not a part of. I haven't seen it become part of this, you know, a core part of the conversation yet. But I know that you've had it in in a couple of conversations. Why not start small? Why not? Go and even if you have a massive game or a massive movie or you know anything that's you're looking for anything more than I don't know like eight thousand dollars ten thousand dollars why not start small why not go and just try to test the waters with a component of your project and just get success that way because if you're asking for whether it's $10,000 or $100,000, like unless you know – unless you're Veronica Mars and you just know that, you know that there's this massive crowd out there waiting for you, why not go and just get that interest and put something small out there and be successful at it? I, I don't know. We just – people aren't quite talking about that, those small projects as much. And that's exactly uh, – that's a really valid point. It's something maybe we need to bring up in the next one because when people come to me for consulting and they want a 100000 or a million-dollar project, I tell yeah. them, okay, go start with a 5000 See if yeah. you can see if you can figure out how to get a crowd to give you $5,000 for a tiny little project. Then we'll look at raising fifty, a hundred, or a million. Yeah. Great valid point. Hey, we're out of time. Oh, really? Already? Jeez Louise. I know it goes by so fast. I do all the talking. I gotta, I gotta learn how to listen more. Appreciate you coming. Great content. Absolutely. I'm always willing to talk to you. Thanks, Richard. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform. My guest has been Dave Sokolowski, uh, who has a project out there called he, Who Say It, Dave, for me. He who laughs last. Okay, go take a look at it. It'll. Um, Runs for a couple more days. You'll probably need to go to his website, which is weird8, the number eight, weird8.com to find out more information. And we certainly have appreciated Dave being on the show. And we've talked about some great content. And Dave has been a, a good friend, and I've enjoyed watching his success on Kickstarter. Hopefully, you've heard something inspiring. We certainly appreciate you making a part, us a part of your routine, your day, all the things you go about. It has been great to hear from you. Continue to reach out and let me know what, uh, what you would like to hear from. Thanks for listening. Take care.